Absolutely. Glenn Grummet here with Ali Aborigo, schoolandertalk.com. Ali, uh, good morning, sir. Nice to be with you. Hey, always good to be with you, Dwayne. It, I can't believe, you know, it's kind of funny, though, isn't it? Like, every time we chat, it's a reminder of how fast the weeks are going by. Yes. Because it almost seems like, we, even though we do chat pretty much on a daily basis or every other day or whatever, but it was like, it almost seems like yesterday we just did this call. We did our podcast. Hey, um, I was curious. You had uh, our friend, Mr. Bigby, uh, as, a, as a guest instructor for your students last yeah. night. How'd that go? Well, as far as getting students online, um, I'm amazed at the the gap of education in technology. Um, Even this, that, this this far into everything. Oh my God! Like, for, so here's the thing: I Kenny Kenny's on. We had a good turnout. It was like about twenty something people, but we would have probably had like sixty something, fifty something people because from all the people that were texting me, that because I was engaged in working with Kenny. Um, I couldn't really look at my phone after I got off. I'm like, there's like 20 people. Well, how come, what's the link? What's the this? What's the that? And I'm like, it's in our Spark app. All you do is go in there. And i like, I, here's the greatest thing about communication. It's a lesson to the listeners. I sent out multiple text messages, multiple emails. I put it on our East Islip Facebook page, West Islip Facebook page, and a private Facebook page group for, for training students. That it's pretty much every active student is in that group. Then I put it on both, because I have two apps, right, because one app for one school, one app for another, and put it on both of those. Multiple times I sent out announcements and have a flyer with all the links in there. People are like, you never sent us a link. I'm like, you got the push notifications. You got, I'm like, what else can you do? And then I get, I kind of get a little annoyed, but I get annoyed at myself, because if I can't communicate how, you know, these people are, it's, you know, I could say they're so dumb, they don't listen, they're, you know, they're this, they're that, but but they're just not getting it. And how do I break that barrier? That's a good question for the listeners out there. Like, I mean, other than smoke signals or going knocking on doors and handing them a flyer and saying tonight, because even if the flyer will get thrown in the garbage or put on the refrigerator backwards. I mean, like, so how do you communicate to the point where people should, you know, be able to understand what's going on? And then the parents are like, well, it's my fault. I didn't look or I didn't understand what you meant. Go on the app and check the app, even though they were on the app because that's where they read it. Like, you know, it's just a hard thing. What, what do you think about that? Like, what are your thoughts? What do you, what do, you do? Um, well, we do uh, put the message in, in the app. Um, I will do a email, text message, and also push notification. Um, yeah. And so, like, for instance, we're Illinois is moving into phase four come Friday. So yeah. what that means is we can have groups up to 50 now. So basically oh. I can be open again because wow, I can tell you I don't have I, I don't have groups of 20. You know what I mean? I mean that's how right, I, right. You, you know what I'm saying. So um basically we're going to just be reopened again. Now that doesn't mean that people aren't going to be coming. But anyhow, I created a video already um and that video will go out on Friday just explaining, you know, what's happening, also instructing them, "Hey, remember our regular scheduled closing for next week because we always close the week of 4th of right. July. And I want them right. to realize that it's a regular scheduled closing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's not something, oh, we're just taking a week off. Uh, yeah. Type thing. So anyways, I, I, I always create a video. Um, I script that video and I try to do that video verbatim on the script. I will take that script and put it into the email. <clears throat> also put a link to the video in the text. I put a link to the video. Uh, those links are to my blog. 
so that they go straight to the, you know, TriStar Karate blog. And then right. that way they can, and you know, listen to it there. Uh, the, the, the same email that's in the, <clears throat> yeah, the same email that is the script is also posted underneath the blog. So it's underneath that video, uh, even yeah. though it, it, they've already heard it or read it or, you know, so <clears throat> I do all that. The push notification just tells them to, uh, you know, go to the, uh, the announcement in the app, um, you know, and yeah, then they can click on it and go to the blog. Uh, do you have to select the push notification separately or because like whenever I send out um, an, an announcement on my app, I immediately, I'm sitting at the desk, I hit send and it's circling as it's sending and I'm already receiving it on my app. Like, in a, like Yeah, it's in, pretty in instant. <clears throat> so I mean, so that you, did you set, send out separate push notifications after the fact or just at the time of sending up the announcement? Yeah, so I will – oh, you mean – yeah, no, I will do an individual one. <clears throat> so the one – okay, I don't usually use that inside of the app. So what you're talking about is when you create an announcement in the app, you have a, an opportunity to send a push notification. Well, it only sends the headline. So whatever you have up there for the headline, it sends. And uh, right. I, it, it's a neat feature. I don't use that. I like to be a little bit more descriptive in the announcement. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I will I do, do that. Like, I'll I, select I, – yeah. I literally had everything in the announcement, and then I had an announcement, one for Tuesday, which was yesterday, and then Tuesdays had Tuesdays and Wednesdays because I have a live training today. So, anyway, it's just frustrating. But, anyway, the, to answer your question, um, with Kenny, he's just an amazing teacher. Like, you know, the, the students that were there were in awe. His workout, he's in great physical condition, so he's in great shape. He's got, you know, he has exactly what I knew he had when I first met him, Um he has a personality that you're just drawn to, um, super charismatic. Um, I always say well-spoken, but not – I don't mean that because people aren't well-spoken, but just a dynamic public speaker. Um, he's yeah. got a, an amazing stage presence, you know, like, you know, you would say, like, there are some rock stars with personality and some rock stars that aren't. Some of them are the lead singers. Some of them are the backup singers. Um, he's definitely got that personality. Um, he has an incredible career in, you know, I, I think he could probably be one of, you know, an amazing dynamic public speaker and make a fortune doing that alone. Um, so, but anyway, the class was amazing. I'm honored to have him all the way from Indiana coming on in teaching. We, we had about 20 some odd people on there. Um, the kids and students that were there, teens and adults loved it. Um, you know, but so, so it was a great day. And just another added benefit. Like, you know, I got, got a lot of comments from parents afterwards and before. Thank you for putting on an event such as this, you know, giving us so many opportunities during the struggling time. So I'm hoping that those that can see it really do appreciate it. And I, I think they do. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I even just, uh, like we did a, uh, what was it last Friday night? We did our, our second virtual scavenger hunt and it wasn't as well attended as the first one, obviously, but it was still really, really well attended. And we got, you know, people saying, thank you, um, you know, for doing it. <clears throat> it was, it was a blast, you know, those type of things. So, and I, I really didn't even know if it was going to go over because now people can go out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's not the thing though. I mean, I think that we have two things against us as school owners, you know, that we are, reopening the quarantine at the at the slowest time of our career normally right like so 
summertime is normally a lull. People, you know, people who are into your school and there were no quarantines would drop off. They'd be going away on vacations. They'd be in their pool. They're hanging out with their friends. So now we're opening after four months or three months of locking people in their homes. Now we're saying, hey, the gates are open. Go out and experience right. the world. And we're going, hey, why aren't you in class? You know, so I, I think that, like I had said in many of the calls that we talked about, it's going to be a slow trickle. When you turn on the water faucet, it's going to be a slow trickle for people to come back. But I think the indicator is a lot of them are still coming periodically and they're paying. That means that hopefully they will be back when it comes, uh, you know, at middle summer when they get bored, when they sowed their oats, so to speak. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I, I'm I'm really surprised, to be honest with you, the individuals that – the amount of individuals that aren't coming through the door yet. That really right. that really surprises me. Um, they, like I had a, an individual who they ordered – through our app, they ordered a, a uniform, and they had bought a T-shirt, and they're like, well, can we, you know, pick that up at the same time? And uh, they their kid was supposed to come to the ninja camp that we have this going on this week. And on Saturday, they messaged me through the app and said, you know, we, we, we just don't feel comfortable sending him. We've got uh, elderly parents that live with us. And so right. we're just being very, very, you know, cautious. And I'm, yeah, yeah that's fine. I'll take it. We'll, you know we'll, what I, we'll I find? The... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Say that. Go again. No, no, I was just, I was just going to say, uh, we, we, you know, we took the, that, that amount of money and applied it to their, you know, this one's tuition and, you know, that type of thing. I find I find the uh, we'll step outside the, our call and go into the the media, and I find it an interesting dynamic. Like if you just see from an outsider's, like if we were ten years into the future, and we looked back on how things were done. It's almost like a very succinct and organized, well orchestrated campaign to keep people fearful. You know, think about what's going on. Like you know, four months ago when we didn't have the opening, um, and they were thinking about opening. You know what came out? murder hornet like there was a rash of these scary looking murder hornets the pictures of them they look like they were six foot by six foot they'd be able to pick up a small child and fly away with them the photos of them right, right. like you know they they and then everyone's like if it's not the murder hornets what is it well then we have the, the looting and the riots and all of this disease among the press where nothing if you turn on the tv doesn't matter if you're watching your favorite comedy in between they're going to bombard you with COVID-19 commercials, and it's the dumbest stuff. My, my daughter and I laugh, like, you know, a picture of a guy holding his baby, driving in his car to a beautiful sunset, and it's uh, about COVID, but it really is selling the, the new blah, blah, blah car. Like, it's just a fear response, and now it's about the new theory is new waves. Oh, my God, it, it's going to come back in the fall. The second wave is going to be worse. Like, let's, let's get through the first wave first, and then with all the stuff we've learned, prepare if there is a second wave, which won't ever be the way it is because there's no fear that millions of people are going to be running, you know, to the, to the hospitals. It's, it's a lot slower. It's the weirdest thing. So I think that's what parents are seeing. And um, are you seeing, though, let me ask you this question. Are you seeing less of the littler kids, like the, you know, two to four-year-olds? Oh, yeah. uh, which, is, which is wild because those are the least sick infected. Almost a very small amount of them have actually gotten sick. Well, you know, look, I had uh, probably, I don't know, 12 to 14 three- and four-year-olds in our program. And by the time we physically reopened again, uh, I only had one. 
Yeah, and, and we have and we had like 30, 32 to 4-year-olds. I mean, a lot of 2- and 3-year-olds, right? And, and like you said, we're down to probably like maybe 12 or 13. Um, and half of them are training. It's hard to entertain them on TV. I'm sorry to cut you off. Right. It's hard to entertain them on TV. Like, uh, that's yeah. – I'm not, I'm not uh, whatever. I don't know what the cartoons are right now, but I don't know. Yeah, what, you know. exactly. Yeah, you're not a two-dimensional character that's purple, jumping around, singing songs, and doing whatever you can to try to keep engagement. Although there is a lesson in that too that we should, you know, like with me, my first few weeks or months of the training for the little kids, I had a hard time engaging them. Mrs. Jones would go, "Here you go, buddy," and put him in front of the TV. I'd see her in the background walking up the steps, and the kid. His butt scooting across the floor. He's asleep on the pillow. Like, where'd you go, buddy? You know. But but I started to engage the parents. Like Mrs. Smith, hold the pillow now. We're going to do pillow drills where the kids are going to hit, and you coach them, and then they hold it for you. And it kind of was a cool bonding experience where a lot of the parents, after the fact, started saying, "I really enjoy doing this with him. Like it was fun. Like and then the moms know the drills, and we're going to do the hammer fist. We're going to do this, and the parents are in it. They're actually in it with them." Something that I never did at the dojo, that, like, mommy and me mentality. So that kind of helped me keep some of those people involved. Um, but I find, like, even with my – I have a class, today is Wednesday, tonight, um, a live training outside my school. So I have a huge outdoor play area with shuriken and archery ranges and all this really cool stuff. So And we have now squares, social distance squares painted in the mulch so people know where to stand. And um, we still – we're almost so, – closed out, I, should, I want to say sold out, but closed out of the adult group and the youth youth and adults together, and then the Mighty Warriors is about maybe 14 out of 20. The little, I only have three out of five, that are, out of seven that are scheduled, so still slow. So I wonder, again, I wonder, is it weather? Our parents saying, wow, it's hot outside, we can't have them train, like what are the fears? And that's something that I have to get to the bottom of. Yeah, I I want to come up with a, a survey to send out to all my people, not to try to push them to come back, but just to ask them questions. You know, when uh, when do you feel as if it's going to be normal again that you that you would feel right. comfortable coming back to the studio and physically training? Like that's kind of what I want to ask. I've really got to think about how I want to ask those questions. You know, maybe just a two or three yeah. uh, thing part question. You know. Yeah, I have a friend who is um, opening. He's been open, by the way. I won't mention his name because I don't want people to know, but he's been open secretly like a speakeasy nightclub. You know, all the students were good with it. You know, he told them how to come in, what to do, and all that stuff. Um, But uh, they've been training for a few weeks now without the government knowing, which is a great thing because the people want to come, they come. You know, it's not, not, shouldn't be controlled. Um, But anyway, long story short, they're supposed to be able to open soon. And, uh, I encourage him to keep his Zoom classes going, but he said, I'm not doing it. I'm only going to do like three or four more, and I'm going to shut my Zoom down because it's got, for the people that are so used to just sticking in their living room, then they're going to, they're not going to make accommodations to get out of their way to come back. Um, and there's a part of me that says, don't do that. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot. And then there's a part of me that says, at some point, you're going to have to encourage people to get out of their house and, and come back. And I think the only way to do that, too, is, if you have contracts, um, which I have yearly agreements, is to force your hand a little bit and say, listen, we're going to restart your agreement as of such and such a date unless we hear from you or see you or talk to you. Um, and then that, that way the contract is back in effect because, in essence, we're open again. So that might – the financial nudge might nudge them to have action. What do you think about that? 
Well, I don't think that that's a bad idea. I look as it stands right now. I was going to be done with uh, virtual, uh, you know, this month, and you talked okay. me out of that. So, you know, yeah. I'm 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 going to continue the virtual to the end of the summer. So by the end of August, and at this point, that's when it's going to stop. I think that's enough. Right. Right. Um, well, then again. Th- that's why I talked you out of it because there are going to be those people that are beaten in submission that are fearful, right? So as long as this is my suggestion to those people, you know, when we did Zoom classes, we we totally 100% engaged with the people on Zoom, right? That's what we did. We turned to the camera and we literally taught the class watching the students in the Zoom room. We can still do that to a portion, um, but um, maybe now that we're doing a live class in the school and a Zoom class for their own um, benefit, um, we could say, okay, guys, and then this is what we did on our last training, turn to the camera, this is what you're going to do at home. And then Ryan, my, my partner in crime over there, would turn to the camera and show it. And then he'd move the camera and say, I'm going to put it on Madison as she's training, and you just follow what she's doing. And everyone seemed to enjoy watching and being in the outside class, even though they weren't. And we didn't spend as much time with them. So you don't have to kill yourself right. to make it happen, right? And then it, and you can keep it going and training. I mean, how cool would that be? Yeah. Like if kids can't get a ride, but they could cl- click into your Zoom class just to train virtually. You know, like even on yeah. them, would that work okay? I mean, why wouldn't that be a good thing? Uh, I just think it, it – it op- I personally think it opens up a, a, a box. I just yeah. I think it well, does. what's your concerns? Let's let's hash that out. What do you what do you see as a foreseeable problem or a benefit and so on? Um. Oh, I got busy making dinner and I didn't want to leave, so we just turned it on. Right. That's a problem. Like if if if, if you're not, <laughs> you you think that that's going to work in football? Your kid's not going to go. Your kid's not going to play. You know. Right. That just that you know that it, it will not fly in any other sport. Yeah, I, I could see that argument. That's 100% valid 100% of the time. I think that, yeah, like if you want to play a game of baseball, you've got to be at the baseball field, right? You can't play virtual baseball, you know, like we'll pitch the ball and you pretend to hit it and we'll have someone else hit on the camera. You know, so you're right there. You know, look, I just want I, – I could, I could see making a rule that it would be – because we already have a rule. You have to have so many classes in order to test. Maybe now we have right. to change that rule up and say you have to have so many physical classes in order, in-person classes in order to test. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I think that the the majority of people, and, and by the way, Kenny Bigby, uh, who was our guest last night, had a great comment. He said, like, you have to look at your belt levels. As someone asked the question, as a has the martial arts helped you as a for, as a, to become a Navy SEAL? Was it was it the mindset like whatever? And he said, listen, I took my belt, the same mentality I had with martial arts, going from belt to belt to belt, and looked at my belts as challenges, challenges that I need to overcome, material I needed to learn in order to proceed into the next belt level. He said that's what I did in the SEALs, bud training, you know, underwater training, demolition training, all of that stuff. Um, he basically looked at it as just another level that he had to overcome, get good at, and then be able to move on to the next phase, right? Because if you don't make it through all the phases of the budge training, you end up getting uh, bumped out and you ring the bell and you're gone, right? So I thought that was excellent. So I guess you're right in regards to 
uh, people wanting to promote and gain ranking or belt levels, then I guess that Zoom wouldn't be enough, especially if you're offering those opportunities. I just, this is my concern. I just don't want people, school owners, to shoot themselves in the foot because they're trying to force their hand to get back to what they believe they're, where they want to be, you know, in their martial arts school. In other words, I want all my students training in real time. Well, not if everyone, if people don't want to train in real time because they're afraid or they got into a different routine, we have to find a smart way to nurture them back and edge them out and get them to come back. And when their fear is gone and they're sick of being at home, then they're going to come or they're going to quit. So we have to be careful that we don't force our hand because we might force people out the door. Uh, yeah, I understand uh, to a certain degree, but I also yeah. um, I'm all, also I'm not going to be held hostage uh, in my own business. True, but but being held hostage, like in other words, saying that you're held hostage by the powers that be or just general circumstance, right? So you're right. You're going to make a decision like you always had at elite as a leader to say, this is the way I want to run my, this is the path I'm going to follow. And, and yes, not everyone wants to take that path with me. I think we've all done that to some extent throughout our entire career. We're going to raise our prices. Some people don't want us to, but we're going to do it anyway. You know, we're going to add a new right. club, a new leadership team. We're going to change our schedule dramatically, and people are going to be like, what am I going to do now? I can't, you know, like, yeah, we have to lead that path. So this is a decision. I just don't want people to get hurt by it, right? I don't want people to say, like, I lost, like, 40 people that were paying. Now I'm really out, you know, that kind of thing. Because in New York, um, we are, you know, really, I, I know of, like, my, my friend who owns a supply company. I have a supply company. It used to be way bigger than it was in Touch of Zen. Um, but I focus more on my schools. And so my friend who owns a supply company in Long Island, um, he said that he's up to about 29 of his clients that are locals that have gone out of business. Um, wow. That's pretty harsh, right? Like, that's 30 schools that are, and they were big players. So that, like, upended probably a 1,000 students, maybe more, right? You know, so, I mean, you're, it could be less, a little less, depending on the size of the schools, but some of them were big players, three, 400 school, students. So where are they all going to go? Hopefully they'll go to a guy like me if they're in my area or another guy who stuck it out. But other than that, I mean, I, I see it as a scary thing. Like it, uh, one of our, our listeners, uh, Glenn, he uh, submitted a question. Um, and his question was, uh, for New, for New he, and he posted an article. He wrote, for New York school owners, it would appear that we may not be able to open right away even when phase four happens. Hopefully this changes sooner rather than later. Perhaps it's this topic that could be addressed. And then he attached an article, um, which is scary, the article, because the article has um, malls, gyms, movie theaters won't open in New York Phase 4. So I, I, did I mention this on air or before? I said off, that. Off, yeah. Off air. So I said that even though that Phase 4 is the last of the phases, there is no Phase 5. We as martial arts school owners, gyms, yoga studios, places like that, I think yoga studios are in an, an undetermined phase. Like they're going to let us open when they feel that they, they should. And um, I know that I think in Michigan, one of our friends, Adam Lux, uh, they, he got together in a class action lawsuit with 500 school owners, gym owners, and yoga studios, and they sued the state, and they won, and they're, they're allowed to open now because the, the constitutionally they felt that it was uh, unconstitutional to keep those businesses isolated and out of business. 
So what do you think about that? Like, you know, what about what what are your suggestions maybe? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Like, can you well, give any suggestions to these I, school owners that are in New York? Yeah, I think you need to Yeah, I think you need to get a hold of your uh alderman, right? Older woman, older person, right? Whatever it is. Yeah, we don't uh, you we know don't, and, we don't have we don't call that here. Uh, we, governors or councilmen or congressmen or that like my buddy John Gason who lives in Chicago with you, he said, Oh, I was talking to my alderman today. I'm like, What? is an alderman. He says, oh, you don't use that term by you? I'm like, no, but I don't know who to reach out to. Like, I don't think, I try to reach out to Lee, Lee Zeldin on Twitter, and um, my wife works with his wife, but, you know, he's too busy being there with the president, but at the same time, like, he's a New York representative. So what do you think? Reach out yeah, to him. I, I, yeah, I think you need to make calls to and emails to the, the representatives of your, uh, you know, your, your town, your district, and then start moving from there uh, and moving up. We had... So uh, we were considered a part of Cook County, which is uh, where Chicago is, and we're 45, almost 50 minutes south of Chicago. And there was a um, uh, representative down here who was fighting for us to be separated. So the governor had put us, locked us into that, where we could have been in, in phase four a long time ago. Right. Um, as opposed to just now on Friday, uh, this coming Friday, that happening. And so uh, we didn't get what we wanted, but it was certainly nice that all of our, our councilmen in in our area voted for us to not be a part of Cook County. And then the, the next representative above them went and presented that to the governor. Um, and again, we didn't get anywhere with that, but but at least it was starting to be heard. It was st- starting to move right. forward. So uh, right. I, I think that that's probably your best bet is to to get that. I'm curious how did uh, how did the the, the lawsuit get um, you know started? Who you know? Well, was some it, some uh, lawyer, some first? lawyer. I think lawyer, uh, some lawyer in Michigan. I don't know the results because it's hard to get all the details with Adam at times. But he gave me a, he said it was a class tort lawsuit. And um, you paid like three or four hundred dollars to be in the lawsuit, and uh, so this lawyer got two or three hundred people um, to sue the state. So I think that he made a, you know fifty, sixty thousand dollars to bring this to court. I asked one of my students who was a black belt with me, who's an attorney. His, his, his law firm doesn't really handle that type of stuff. But from the minute I asked him, he kind of threw his hands up in the air and said, "No, nah, it's not not something that you could sue." He was thinking. We could sue them for money damages. I wasn't interested in that. I was just suing to to get back open. To and, open. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so like I wasn't looking to sue the state because because the state's going to be sued to death by so many different people that they're just not going to pay out. That's just the way it's going to be. Um, especially well, and you're not going to win against the state anyways. I mean, unless there is you know uh, some something that's really wrong that the state did. There, there's just no way that you're going to win against the state. Right, right. It's like trying to see exactly. So, I mean, it's just not going to so, happen. So now, now the fear is, of course, um, how do we phase it out? How do we phase back in? And how do we keep people engaged? And I think the only thing that we can do at this moment in my area is to start creating more and more outdoor excursions. Like I, I of course, I like to always use buzzwords and marketing words. So I called my training tonight. It's going to be the outdoor ninja experience. So, I mean, what better way to train? Like, we used to go upstate to my ranch, and you know, that I had years ago 
to train in the wilderness. Well, we're going to do more of that outside. And everyone really loved it. It was really cool. And um, we have monkey bars and gyms and an obstacle course. We could do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to maybe do one or two of those per week now, you know, and set that up. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, this will be satisfactory to the people that are training to add in a little bit of live to boost up their, bump up their motivation to the Zoom to kind of coincide with it to keep us going. Because I swear to God, I mean, this is, we're going on what, March 15th. So we're looking at, you know, March, April, May, June. We're three, going on three and a half months of literally, I mean, it was amazing. You probably felt this because you opened already, but just to see people in person, your students, and have that physical three-dimensional connection was such a satisfactory, a satisfying thing. Yeah, it was also uh, also kind of scary where, you know, um, I'm used to this place being packed. And right. it reminded me of the – it reminded me of when I first started, when you'd only have two right. or three or four students at all, yep. you know, uh, show up. And yeah. you're like, wow. And you ha- you are the energy uh, for yep. all of that. There's no, there's no synergy at all, you know. Yeah, and you know one thing, too, though, that I feel back in those days, we were building the school. So we had two students. We had 20 students. We had 30 students. And if three or four of them showed up, that you know, by the end of the week, all 30 of them showed up. Now it's the opposite. You have 150, 200 students, and, and only a few are showing up. Now we're in reverse fear, right, because we're not – the other way we were building and proud to do it. Um, but the, this way now we're going like, oh, my God, where are we going? Like, are we on a downward slope? That's like when we look at our attendance trends and we say, hey, no one's coming to class. That will lead us to believe if they keep doing that for a long enough period of time, they're going to quit. So the more and more people disengage, the more likely they are to quit. And, um, you know, we still have bills to pay and we still have an overhead to keep. And they're not going to continually giving us breaks. Uh, you know, I'm I'm out of uh, – my forbearance is on my mortgages as of July. So I'm going to have to start paying full price, you know, which is a $5,000 nut per month just for the mortgage and the taxes and the insurance on the building. So, I mean, that, right. you know, I have to make X amount of dollars to be able to pay my guy who works for me to pay my electric bill and mortgage and all that stuff. I, I need to have a certain level of income coming in or I'm going to be digging into savings and, and in trouble. Yeah, and you can only do that for so long, too. So... Right. But, yeah, you're going to have to look at it and go, like, I can only pump my money into something for as long as I can before I start ru- ruining my retirement. Now, there is uh, – okay, so, um, you know, obviously the government had their SBA loans and the PPP loans and all those other things. Um, last week I got an email from the village here of Bradley, and it was with regards to the um, – do I have it here? Uh, let's see, Downstate Small Business Stabilization Program. So if you're from Illinois, there is a Downstate Small Business Stabilization Program. Um, and I guess you can message me if you have any questions. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I have all of the, the, the stuff that you could fill out. Yeah. And, but anyways, um, it's, a, it's a, what, a $10,000 all the way up to a $25,000 grant. Um, and so I went ahead and applied for it. My my biggest thing was the fact that uh, I had to turn it into my city first before, and they had to review it before they send it off to the state. 
And so I talked to the person in, I, in, in my city here, uh, and I said, you know, let me get this straight. Uh, you want me to fill out all my financials and send it over to you so that you know all my financials, and then right. you're going to send it off to the state. I mean, the state already has my financials, so that's not a big deal right. anyways. But now my local government wants my financials. I said, is, yeah. that, is that what this is all about? And, and the lady's like, no, 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 we just want to make sure you have all your, your I's dotted and your T's crossed so that when you – when we send it, it will it will get approved uh, faster. You know that way. There's yeah, no you know, back and forth. You know, it's funny. I did something like that locally as well, just recently. And um, Monday morning, um, Monday morning it was where I looked at it and I was like, "Holy crap! I just got a five thousand dollar check deposited into my account." Um, so I, I did the same similar thing with the grant, and I was very leery. Like, you know, I called up the company, the, the SBA, and I'm like, is this legitimate? And the guy's like, yeah. I'm like, why do they want my tax ID number, my Social Security number, my banking information? He goes, so that they could deposit the money in your account. I said, I haven't even been approved yet. He says, yeah, but they're going to give you five grand just because you submitted it. And I'm like, are you sharing? Like, it seems too easy and too good to be true that I almost am afraid. Like, you know, when you get those people on the phone and they tell you yeah. they have you know, that you just, your relative that you never met died and, you know, where, wherever, and, you know, you have a million dollars sitting in a bank account. You're like, all right, goodbye, and you hang up. Well, that's how I felt, but I ended up getting 5000 bucks. It's, I, I don't, it's from the Treasury. Um, so it's something that Treasury 310, miscellaneous payment. <clears throat> I'll take it. I, I just don't even know what to do with it. Like, am I going to just get to right. keep it, or am I going to have to pay it back slowly? Like, what did I just sign up for? Like, it's a scary thought, but just to have that money injected into my account and there for me in case I needed it was a good thing. Well, I, yeah, look, it's, I'm not concerned right now. It's, it's uh, come September, October. That's where my concern is. If, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not going to rebuild right now, even as much as I'm advertising and I do have some trials that are coming in and stuff. I'm not rebuilding. Like, I am right. just surviving, if that makes sense. And right, right. there's not going to be a lot of sign-ups right now in summer. And maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot by even saying that. Like, you know. Right. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying. But <clears throat> come September and we do a month free and people start coming in, you don't see that money until October. And then come October, right. you do a month free, you don't see that money until November. Um so that's where my concern is for, for, for us is September, October, you know, I have I have enough right now to get us to that point. It's just when that point happens, where, you know, what's happening. That's why yeah, I like and to that, have that, and that grant because that would push me to the end of the year almost. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I think that school owners, whether they're open or not, whether they're waiting to open – the big lesson is to really understand, um, and by the way, moving forward, this is a big lesson too, is uh, there is always, a, you know, you, you speak to financial advisors or you read books or you hear them saying things like, if you broke your back tomorrow and you could no longer work, what, how much money do you have put away to survive? How long could you survive? Or a much nicer scenario is if you, meant to, you went and retired and sold the business, how much money do you have and how long would it last? into retirement, you know, like, are you going to be broke in six months or broke in, you know, six years? How, or can you retire with, you know, Social Security and all that other stuff in your retirement comfortably, right? Which my mom, you know, uh, she's, 
She has a very – she paid her house off. She's a hardworking woman. She was where I got my moral working compass from, certainly not from my dad. My dad was a cop. He was a government person. He spent more money than he ever made his entire life, always broke, always, you know, asking me for money to bail him out. My mom, this little tiny European woman working three jobs when I was a kid, always busting her butt, paid off her house, bought, sold it, bought a bigger house, sold it, bought a smaller house. Um, but now she lives like she makes, with all her stuff, Social Security and a few little retirement things, she's making enough money to put $1,000 a week, a month away in her savings because all her expenses are very low. So the lesson to us is is to look, review your expenses. You did a, I forget the name, the initials that you did of COVID, but you had some, COVID, yeah. some guy, right, there was something that we heard about, you know, what he meant, and, but it's about making sure you know your overhead and reducing it, too. I mean, maybe not having your dumpster anymore and taking the garbage to your house, if possible, you know, right now, and saving the money, or, you know, maybe not having all the bells and whistles for your cable and optimum services at your school. Maybe you use your cell phone and, you know, that, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm just being exaggerating, but it's always about overhead. And then if we follow that and then business does boom back and you could keep your overhead even lower. That's, that's going to be the, you know, a way for you to really put money away. So we have to be a little bit more cognizant and aware of that as well. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think it was Ron sell that talked about like a $20, uh, a service, a twenty dollars service over a ten year period. I forget how much that ended up being, but that was yeah, you know, well, whatever that it. is. Let's do it. So, so like Hulu. So twenty dollars times. Uh, let's do twelve months times ten years. One hundred and twenty times twenty. That's like twenty four hundred dollars savings. I mean, not a lot when you think about it, but a lot when you have twenty of them. Right, and then and a lot when you say, I need to take out a loan from my daughter's college fund, right? And it's there's a new app. I almost downloaded it yesterday on my cell phone, and it's a free app. And it's like it will search throughout all of your name and all the services that you have that you forgot you're paying for, and then you could either yeah. eliminate them or combine them. Like you know, you have Spotify, you have Amazon Music, you have Amazon Prime, you have Hulu, Netflix, right? You like. HBO Plus, you know, YouTube Plus, you know, the the payable one. I mean, when you look at all that, maybe you're spending $150 a month, right? That's, you know, $1,800 a year. Either one, that's a good vacation or that put away over the course of 10 years. You could have all the money for your daughter's college fund or your son's college fund or some of it. You know what I mean? So we forget, yeah. you know, when we're doing well. I mean, dude, I've been there. I, I was making so much money when I had all my schools, but I just couldn't – I didn't want the pressure anymore. So I kind of scaled back. But, I mean, it was just like, yeah, let's go to the, the five-star hotel versus the four-star hotel. Yeah, it's only another 1000 bucks because money is there. But I look back saying, like, maybe I could have saved all that money. You know, that would have been great, you know, to save it all. So be careful with what your expenses are. Be careful at how you – how you live your lifestyle, you know, you know what you're buying and what you're spending money on and et cetera, et cetera. So it's very important that, especially now going into the fall where we're starting to ramp up or if you are open and you're slowly building and then the fall may hit and we may not have the, the fall that we hoped for with the big boom in students, you'll still be able to survive and stay in business. That's important. Yeah, and you know, like with, with with regards to something that that's a cost, if you can, uh, prior to it being a cost, 
if you can work out a way that it actually makes you money right by spending money on it you know then then you want to do that you know i i i never did it um i i intended to do it but i didn't do it we have tvs here and i use a service called screen cloud and and each tv cost me 20 bucks so that i can you know run different things on there almost like a powerpoint slide if you will right but there's a bunch of different stuff cuz it hooks up to my uh social media platforms it hooks up to different just a bunch of different stuff than than right. than just a uh a, a powerpoint and uh, of course when this all happened i immediately shut that service off because nobody's going to be here anyways but all that to say when i originally did it i'm like okay that's 40 bucks a month i need to go out and i need to get some companies that will advertise on that screen right at least right. to cover 40 bucks a month so that screen is not right. costing me any money Right. So I get a benefit, you know, and, and I never did it. Like I never went out and did it. But I can assure yeah. you I'm not turning that I'm not turning that sucker back on until I have until it's able to make me money. Yeah. Or at and, least and break what, even. You know the uh, old uh, book uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Rob Kiyosaki, probably one of the best books ever written on business mindset. Um, such a simple read, and then they have a version for kids, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for children. So if, if you have never read it, read it. And if you have read it and you have a child that likes to read, that's growing up in the world, have them read the one for kids. I've paid people. And even if they, even if they, yeah, I was going to say, even if they don't like it, pay them to read it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. I have paid students. I said, listen, I want you to read this book. I'll give you 20 bucks. And here's the book. Read it. When you're done, Tell me about it, and if I feel that you really legitimately read it, I'll give you $20. And I had many students do that, um, just to encourage them to read. They're like, you're going to pay me to read, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, long story short, Rob Kiyosaki would always say, um, if you want something like a Mercedes or a condo, you first go out and find an investment, like a home that you could rent, buy the home, rent the home, and the profit margin from the home will pay for your Mercedes. So your rental property, the business you just purchased, purchased, whatever it is that's bringing you in income, that income gets labeled as Mercedes payment. And then that investment pays for your lifestyle. Um, most of the time, people do it the opposite. They buy their lifestyle, and then they try to find a way to pay for it. So he was the, he's like, you can't buy something unless it's paid for. You just can't do it. You're not allowed to do that. You have to have an investment that pays for it. Now, we have a business that makes X amount of dollars so that we could certainly put certain things on our books as far as buying a nicer car or having a summer home. But very often we start living what they call big hat, no cattle, right? You have a huge hat, looks like you're rich, but you don't really have the cattle to back it up. And um, we have to be a little bit more cognizant of that because we're living in a land of fake affluence. Um, you know, where everyone's got $200 sneakers, everyone's got an iPhone. They said that even in poverty, the poorest of people have multiple big flat panel, big screen TVs and an iPhone. Even in poverty and poor, they're poor people who can't afford to eat, but they have an iPhone. I've seen homeless people on the street that have an iPhone. You know, like, so it's like that people have their priorities out of whack. So as business owners now, we should really start to reevaluate how we run our lives, period, home lives, business lives, et cetera, and making sure that we're running very lean. And I always say that the three main things, high profit, low stress, and high quality. Those are my things that I always push when I coach people. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. 
it's it's definitely a reevaluating uh, moment for for all of us, and and not that it hasn't been, but it you know it really really is. You know, you talked about you you know if you sold your business, would you have enough money? Like my business isn't worth anything right, right now. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's worth well, that's another but it scary really thing. Isn't. Well, that's the scary thing, Dwayne. And our businesses, the business that we're in, because we don't manufacture widgets, like if we don't manufacture cups and we sell a million of them a year, we manufacture people and change their lives. But if there are no people, the business is valueless, right? Like if we had no students tomorrow, we said we want to sell our business, the only thing we could sell is our lease, our equipment, and our concepts. But if someone sees that we've gone out of business for lack of students, no one's going to buy it. They're going to immediately negotiate damage with pennies. They're going to, we're going to have to liquidate our assets, right? So um, that's the only time that this business is worth something because it's personality-driven, right? And you could sell that. Um, but uh, other than that, we're in a business that's kind of scary. We don't have a lot of money to, uh, you know, a lot of things to inventory of, you know, stuff to sell off, you know. So we have to be real careful with that. So another thing is I wanted to go over with you. We I had a post that I put up on our um, on our Facebook page. We were looking at our logo, right? Like, and I said to you, um, I'm thinking of redesigning our logo. I want to throw some concepts at you. And then I put it up there. I don't know if you saw it. Did you get to see everyone's comments? Uh, I didn't read their comments yet, no. Jeez, you, you ignored all my hard work. No, that's okay. Check it out. I um I had it up there, and it was kind of cool because – I, I got a lot of really great feedback, right? So I made up this logo, and um, our old logo for our, our martial art um, business, taking it to the next level, you know, our talks, is kind of black and white, gray, and very subtle, right? So I wanted to have something dominating, you know, powerful, punchy that popped out, and I sent it to you, and you said, um, and in the element is uh, the American flag on a border. I kind of stole and borrowed from the triangle of Superman because it's a very recognizable type of thing, and then I put in our information, and I got a lot of really cool feedback, but what I thought was interesting was that I'm trying to use this as a lesson for our clients that are in our martial arts school owner talk to reevaluate their their logos, right, and make it recognizable. So um, one guy who was very uh, helpful and, and had a lot of great information was Matt, Matt Frey, um, and he said, you know, if you're an American company, take pride in that. I know you said that maybe being a red, white, and blue flag thing might not be so good and, and because if you're dealing internationally, people might not like that. However, a lot of people, that was a busy, that was another comment. A lot of people agreed with you, like you're taking a chance by having the American flag, but then others said, but if you're an American company, I don't think people would be bothered by that because it's not like they hate America or your company so that they didn't see that as a problem. So it's like a mixed result in sure. understanding, you know, that, you know, some people are very cautious, like they're so afraid that you're going to offend, um, while others were like, no, just be proud of who you are and use that logo and so on and so forth. And others had some really great feedback about, um, you know, the name and I had changed the wording by accident. Like I didn't even realize that I changed it. So they said, oh, it doesn't say, like it said, uh, school owner talk, um, whatever it was, but it didn't say what kind of school. So they're like, you got to add in martial arts, you know, talks for martial arts school owners. Like it said uh, it, on it, it says um, taking your martial arts school to the next level. I had taking your school to the next level. So people are like, you know, what kind of school? Elementary school, right. gymnastic studio. So that that kind of helped me. And then I had an SOT on it, like a, a acronym 
SOT, School Owner Talk. And people didn't know what that was, even though on the top it said School Owner Talk. So their comments were, maybe you should get rid of that. And um, I added our names in. And then I had someone, a friend of mine, say, why do you have your names in there? That means nothing to people. Like, you know, like, okay, but it kind of does. But you're right. Maybe it doesn't to some people who don't know us. So it was an interesting dynamic. So if people get to go on our um, martial arts school owner talk and see that post, I'd love their opinion. But I'd also love to hear about their logos. And I asked many of them to submit their logos, but no one has done it. I think only one person did it. Um, but uh, it would be cool to see what people thought and um, how they're developing their brand identity and how they're making that recognizable. So my last comment on that was uh, I also want to point out when designing logos or starting to brand your company, we should think about a few things. Number one, a recognizable logo. Number two, capturing your brand, explaining through words or pictures what it is about and making it a memorable one. What are some of your logos? I ask people. So I'm waiting for those submissions, which is pretty interesting to hear what people have to say. So I think maybe now with our call, too, this is a great time for people to start to rebrand, you know, start to renovate. My good friend has been closed, literally closed, no Zoom classes. He, re he opened up his entire school and added on another 700 or 800 square foot onto the floor by getting rid of his locker rooms and bathrooms and a storage area and storage closet yeah. and a mop closet. And he just opened up his dojo so he could fit another, during normal classes, another 15, 20 people on the floor. But during the COVID uh, social distancing classes, another probably five or six people at, in one class, which is kind of cool. So what are we doing? What is everyone doing? That's a good question that I just want to pose to people. Um, I know you did a lot of renovation, right? Didn't you break walls and get, what did you do? Yeah, we took out, um, well, we had some peg pegboards that were our walls on one whole side, uh, actually an L-shaped side. So we had a lot of pegboards. So we had somebody come in and do drywall, uh, and then uh, we painted, repainted um, most of the studio. Uh, and then we took out, all, remember those big old plush chairs that I had? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we got to get rid of all of them. And uh, Mr. Bean okay. it does very good woodworking, and he created these uh, benches um, for us. And uh, so on one side, there's 21 feet. There's two 21 feet of uh, benches. Uh, this this and it's been oiled and stained and everything. It's beautiful. Um, so we did that, and and we took out those uh, focus masters that we had in the front room. Yeah, you had a whole wall of those, right? Yeah, which now it's allowed us to have a lot more room on the floor. You know, you talk about social distancing. Now there's a lot more room on the floor to to social distance, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Hey, um, so, what did you do? Did you sell those off, the Focus Masters, to other people or school students? or? School I have them or in my storage have? unit right now. But, yeah, I just they're in my storage unit right now. Uh, I was going to call this up so that uh, – uh, you, you, people could see it as you were talking about it. It just oh, yeah, Facebook yeah. takes forever. Yeah, I'm always afraid to do something like share something because I'm going to bump us out. Like I did on my Zoom classes, I wanted to stream it live to uh, Facebook simultaneously, and when I tried it, I like lost everybody. So I did something wrong. But yeah, so that's the one logo, right? Can you do the other one? There's that's the that's the one after, before I started improving on it. Um, and then I had done one where I took the SOT out and I added in some faded, shaded pictures, and then I put in um, the uh, other logo. 
that was my book there. So thank you for that little short plug there. There you go. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't I don't do Facebook on the computer very much because it moves so slow. Right. right. Do you have that? Do you have especially, that problem too? I do, especially going from V Live. So that's our original logo you just showed right there. And uh, that, that you had, see there? And then if you go in the thread, Dwayne, it's probably easier. You could scroll down on the thread. And you'll be able to see the different phases. Because as people made suggestions, oh, I would in add. The comments. In, the, in the comments, I would add to their suggestions. And then I'd say, oh, yeah, you know what? That did look a little better. And then we were kind of developing this brand identity as we went along. And we were able to uh, have input from a few people, which is cool. You know, it's like almost like a think tank. Um, but you have to always be aware that there are going to be those people that are just over, overbearing when it comes to suggestions. Your logo sucks. The colors are bad. You stole from this. It looked like that. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, you'll see the different phases right there as you're scrolling. You see how different logos. The final one is the one with our name on it right there, the red, white, and blue on the bottom. So there it goes. Okay. There you get to see it. So there you go. Those are the different suggestions. Don't do a red, white, and blue border. Don't do a, you know, this. Don't do that. So it kind of helped us with phasing that out. And and I don't know if we're going to change. I just thought maybe it's time to just add a little color to our logo, make it brandable, because so many people um, have been asking us to, uh, you know, do things with them and let them come on our show and share their products with us, and they want to reach our audience, which is, you know, a pretty decent-sized audience, you know, over 700 to 800 martial arts school owners now. 620 right. we have right this second. So that's pretty cool. Um, and we have a good amount of regular listeners that mostly listen um, later in the evening or on their iPad or iPods when they're cleaning. So that's kind of cool. And we have a big following on our iTunes account as well. So that's pretty exciting for people to see it. But, yeah, now, see, here's the logo there. I like I like the SOT, but, of course, I know what it means. Right, right. Yeah, you know, so I that's guess, why. In, in retrospect, maybe we shouldn't have called it school owner talk. You know, right. uh, maybe it should have been something different. Right, but I like it, though, and I like what you had. It's school owner talk, martial art business taken to the next level. I like that. And then, you know, you and I are the hosts, so why wouldn't we have our names in there? Like. We're right. doing it. Like, you know, that's we're the host of it. So that's why we have it on there. But I like it. So we'll, we'll talk more about that, you and I. But I'd love for people to jump on here, give us their opinions, um, and work on this project with us. And if they have a logo, they want to kind of revamp or get their, you know, an opinion on. And I think a lot of people didn't submit their logos because they were afraid the whole group would tear into them and start breaking them down. But, um, yeah, certain things are, you know, certain logos are just there, you know, and certain logos don't really represent the brand. Certain logos aren't memorable. So, anyway, my point was is why don't we start looking at our schools now? Now's a great time to revamp, change your curriculum. Now's a, a good time to add curriculum or remove curriculum or add a specialty program or revamp it. I'm in the middle of revamping my leadership team. So I want to really make sure that that is a different model so so that's cool so anyway we're not around next week unfortunately yeah, no, uh, for we're me we're taking a week off yeah unfortunately unfortunately for me 
I'm going to be home at my backyard oasis, but you're going to Florida to a resort with your family and your son and his friends, right? You're going to take some time to enjoy some downtime. That's awesome. Yeah, we've got a condo at a, at a private beach down there. Um, uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're renting that for the, the week. Uh, friends of ours own the condo, and so we just rent it from them. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Listen, if nothing more, this, that, this, and by the way, I have a post that I did separately um, on my regular page. I said, if there's one thing that you could change about the world today, what would you do? And a lot of people talked about what they've rediscovered by being in this COVID situation, time with family. Like, we, we just built a puzzle, my family and I. It took us a long time. It was We had a custom made of my two dogs. We got the puzzle in, and we put it on the table. It was only 250 pieces. It took us months, a month and a half to do because it was so hard to find the colors because they were very dark. Um, I'm making an excuse. I'm not a great puzzle maker. Uh, but um, but anyway, uh, you know, you rediscover the things that are so important. Like we work, 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 work for no reason at all because we want to work to make money so that we can enjoy our lives, and then we then we have no more time left in our lives. So you never know how short your life is, so enjoy it. I give you such credit for taking that time and spending time and enjoying it with your family and the ones you love and, and so on. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I, I tell you that when this whole COVID thing started and moving forward and then being able at the beginning of this month to reopen, you know, with restrictions, but reopen, um, I, I was so looking forward to this coming week, you know, next week, right. actually Saturday. Like, you know, yeah. come Friday night at 6 o'clock, I'm done. Done. Right. You know, and I am. And, and uh, you're normally closed, right? You're normally closed from July, you know, the week of July 4th, right? That's one of the – it's a regular thing. You've been doing this for years. Yep. Yeah, yeah. so you're not literally closing the school. You're reopened, but then you're going to take your normal break, and then you're off. Most people might say, hey, I'm not going to take my break. I don't want to, you know, because we just got back, but you're just sticking to your regular schedule. People understand it. I bet you they probably schedule their vacations around your schedule, too. Um, so good for you, man. That's awesome. Hopefully you could send me some photos of the beautiful sunset and the, the beaches and make me jealous. <laughs> I don't ever want to do that to people, but if you want me to send you something, I will. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I, I love it. I love when my friends go upstate and they're in their mountain house. They're, you know, one of my friends has a, a lake house upstate New York, and they'll send me pictures of him standing in a martial arts stance with the gorgeous lake behind him in the mountains. It's just awesome to see. Share that with people. They they need it. Even if they can't get away, they get a little peace of tranquility by seeing what you're doing. It's, uh, some people might be like, oh, he's a jerk. He's shoving it in our face. But the 90% majority are going to be like, wow, that's awesome for Dwayne. I'm glad he's doing what he does. You're an inspiration. Now, I will tell you that because of the spike in Florida – uh, I'm, I'm not uh, advertising the fact that I'm going to Florida and coming back. I did have a parent last night. His, their kid is in our uh, ninja camp this week, and they said, hey, next week we're uh, going to Florida. Uh, and, and I said, oh, good, good. And she said, now, do you want me to quarantine him? Because he's been in, in right. the physical class. Yeah. Do you want me to quarantine him uh, when we come back? And uh that's just you know you never had a thought you never thought you'd have to answer that type of question, right? And I said yeah. I said no. I said, 
you, you don't have to. I said, truth be told, I'm going to Florida next week too. So, uh, you know, unless right. you have some sort of symptoms, I, I, I think we're fine. Yeah, and you know what, though, it's true. You know, it's like asymptomatic. You're not, you know, you. it, it, it really, at this point, they, they don't know. It's just like the flu, right? I mean, it's, it's part of, a, a, you know, a coronavirus like the flu. And um, truth be told, people don't know what the flu is. They, they, they say, oh, but we have a vaccination for the flu. No, we don't. We have a vaccination that for the exact flu that happened the year prior. And then they guesstimate what the strain is going to mutate to to the next year. And maybe through that vaccination, they limit the amount of people who get sick. Um, I do believe this is kind of what goes on with the coronavirus. We're going to have a certain amount of people that are susceptible, a certain amount of people that are immune, certain people with immune systems that aren't compromised that won't get it. I mean, at this point, I think that they really made this pandemic something that was crazy. But, you know, that's a whole other story, right? Well, I will tell you, last night I had dinner with a friend who is in the medical in, uh, industry. He works uh, at a prominent hospital in Chicago. And, um, you know, we talked about vaccinations and all those things. And he said, yeah, there probably will not be a vaccination for this until next fall. Right. Um, He said, and he goes, it's kind of like, you know, when they they finally had a vaccination for H1N1. Right. And the first year that they did it, uh, they, they, you know, you you had, you if you're going to get a shot, you're going to get the flu shot and then you got the H1N1 shot. Um, And they were separate. And not a lot of people got the H1N1 shot, but a lot more people got the flu shot. And when they – so that happened the first year. Well, the second year came around um, after the single H1N1 shot, and now they've combined it with the flu shot. So people are people that did not want to have H1N1 shot are getting the H1N1 shot because when you get the flu shot, there's, there's four uh, – there's there's three strands of flu that, that that you're getting, and then you get the H1N1. And he right. said, I believe that the corona this the, the 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 shot for the corona is going to be the same thing. First year it's going to be a singular shot, but then they're going to mix it into the four, and now there'll be five actual ones that are present in that shot that you will get. Yeah, and I didn't realize. And, that. and you know, yeah, and you know what's interesting? Uh, a good friend of mine also too hangs out with a lot of prominent physicians and doctors, and then the same thing. They they feel like this entire shutdown was done all incorrectly. <laughs> they don't wear masks. They all gather together, hanging out with each other, no social distancing whatsoever. And these are surgeons and doctors and all that. So it's such a mixed set of messages, and I I really feel it's scary. But anyway, we're running out of time. I see you looking at your watch, and you're right. We're over time by five minutes. So um, let's. Well, I got call. my uh, I got I got my instructor who's running the camp asking me questions. Yeah, yeah, no worry. So let's uh, let's let's close it up because we are running overtime. So then um, you want to do the the typical closing? Yeah, I just want to remind everybody that you can uh, you know like like this page. Obviously, if you don't know where our uh, our private page is, just go to screenintertalk.com and uh, in the menu bar you can uh, click on the private access, and then we will answer a few questions and we'll let you in. Of course, you can get all of the, uh, the, the, the you know, this podcast and all the other ones on schoolownertalk.com there. You can find the information to subscribe via your, your favorite podcasting uh, delivery system. So that way you just get it delivered straight to you. Absolutely. Very cool. All right, everybody. Talk to you soon. Dwayne, I'll talk to you before you leave. But um, if I don't, which yes, I, I will, you have an amazing trip, okay? 
I plan on it. Have a good one, sir. All right. Take care. Bye. See you soon.